Good day, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend and, and a great week. Uh, it's, it's hard to find those these days. It feels like the whole damn world's so, so heavy. And uh, especially with, like, daylight savings time. I mean, it's pitch black when I go into work, and it's pitch black by the time I get home. There is just no joy. Um, it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. I, uh, I hope one day they, they get rid of that nonsense. But uh, for the time being, we're suffering in darkness while the world collapses. And I can confidently say I'm not the only one that, uh, that thinks that. It's, it's, it's a shitty time right now to think like I do. Um, and if you're listening to this, chances are you do think like I do. And on the off chance you don't, you're either <laughs> just looking for some, some hate content so you can be angry, or uh, you'll learn to, to close this real soon. Uh, it's going to be a very, very ideologically biased episode. Not that any episode really isn't or, or not, but today we're talking guns, politics, and brainwashing. Oh, oh man, I need this. But yeah, it's, it's a big one today. I, uh, last week, when I jumped back in, uh, I felt a, a need to deal with the pressing issue in my mind uh, at that moment. So now that I don't necessarily have a giant topic, uh, it allows me to kind of dive into the nonsense that's happening. Uh, and if you're a gun owner in Canada, like me, uh, it's not been a fun week. So, uh, before we get into that, uh, all right, now we can get into it. So for those of you living under a rock, um, we recently, uh, last week, Justin Trudeau came out and in the shining democracy that we live in and him being a staunch protector of, of what it is to be a democracy. Uh, he came in, in the ninth hour. Um, there's still a few steps left, but he came in after all debate and, and all house sittings were done on bill C 21, which is effectively the handgun ban. Most people not happy with it, but largely doesn't impact you if you've already got yours. And if you don't, you've made your peace with the fact you're probably not getting them for quite some time. Um, but as it sits today, it doesn't change anyone's anything. Uh, the only real suffer under Bill C-21, the handgun ban, naturally, I, I, I would say anyone who wants shooting sports in general are being killed through attrition. Um, you're basically going to die out and no new class can come in behind you. Uh, local gun shops are, are going to bleed heavily from not being able to sell handguns. But again, if you've had them, you were allowed to keep them and allowed to keep using them at the ranges and whatnot. So from, from a day-to-day -day user perspective, it wasn't a huge problem. But anyway, as that's been working its way through Parliament, it has to go through all the steps and all the debates and all the meetings. So it takes some time. It's, it's a process. Um, but after the last debate, the Liberals shoehorned in an amendment onto Bill C-21. Now, it should be known, and I, and I think we're probably going to see this break down quite some bit when we start seeing defense against these actions, but uh, the amendment process on bills is generally and, and required to be restricted by scope. Uh, so if you've got a, say you're putting through a pro-life anti-abortion bill, you can't then go in and say, we're going to throw an amendment on that all healthcare should be semi-private. You can't, it has to be somewhat relevant 
to the bill proposal. Uh, we could, for that example, just because I grabbed it out of thin air, uh, you could you could make an amendment that says, okay, for the first six weeks, we're going to allow abortion. This bill was to ban it. We're going to amend it. We're going to say six weeks. You get you get a grace period. Okay, that amendment would be in scope. This, however, um, they've they shoehorned in in the last minute after debate uh, a sweeping gun ban on basically all semi-automatic guns other than rimfire, which is twenty-two caliber and seventeen. Um, but even then. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a sweeping gun ban. It, I cannot understate it when I say it's going to affect probably millions of guns, if not in the very large multitude of the hundreds of thousands. It's going to impact hundreds of thousands of shooters, um, collectors, hobbyists, whatever. Uh, we're talking straight-up hunters, uh, they, they swore up and down they'd never come for the guns, they'd never come for the hunting guns, and you'd always be able to do your sport. Well, we've seen this year they're coming after sport shooters in IPSEC and pistol competitions, uh, competition shooting, even the Olympic level is now under attack. Uh, they've now expanded it to hunting. Uh, duck guns, you've got uh, I, the one person, and again, you shouldn't have to defend your legal right as it is today to do your hobby or your sport that you're lawfully allowed to do, that you jumped through the legal hoops to get all the certifications and all of the training and all of the red tape, the licensing. You've done all that. You have participated 100% lawfully your entire course of action. And now with a sweep of a pen, we're going to call you a criminal. Uh, you, you should not have to defend that position at all. But, but nonetheless, here we are. We have to defend it. Um, we have to try and, and salvage what we can of, of our fundamental rights. And I don't mean the right to bear arms. It's simple property rights. Uh, as this is shaping up, it looks like they're going to seize and not even pay people. Um, expropriation case law, it's going, to be a it's going to be a nightmare. And it's, if it goes poorly, it's going to be precedent. <laughs> Canada has really terrible property laws as it is. You don't actually have the right to anything. Um, you have the right to enjoyment of of it for some time until decided not to. But yeah, this this amendment, uh, <laughs> it's got me real pissed. Um, so basically, they're changing the definition of what a prohibited weapon in Canada is. They are defining it as any center fire, so higher caliber cartridge, uh, center fire gun that shoots in a semi-automatic fashion with a detachable magazine. Uh fine enough. You can make workarounds. You have internal magazine, semi-automatics, other things, but you're <laughs> like, they've, they've banned the AR 15, uh, and the platform of that, uh, despite the fact that across North America, it is a fairly ubiquitous hunting weapon, but none the scary gun bad. Uh, and it, it was fine enough. It wasn't fine, but people could tolerate it enough when they were picking on one scary gun when I, okay, I'll just get one that's wooden and it doesn't look scary and I can still do the same thing. Well, now everything's illegal or going to be illegal. The NDP and, and block are poised to prop this up. Uh, when it comes to justifying scope circling back, um, the problem with that is it's not a judicial body that 
that sits there and says, oh, this is in scope, this is out of scope. It's a committee chairperson who, unironically enough, is a liberal appointee. So it's, it's, you're not going to have them rule themselves out of order. Um, so this, this fight is going to get messy, I think, from a, from a political and legal standpoint. Alberta and Saskatchewan, Manitoba, uh, Yukon, they're all, they've already been fighting this from the start. Uh, this is going to add a super injection of meth into the gas tank. Um, the amount of fight people are going, like, I fully expect Daniel Smith, this is going to be a massive massive issue in Alberta. Um, and back to the, the justification and not having to, but we're still going to, uh, it was uh, somebody pointed out to me just the other day, uh, if you're a rancher in the middle of, of the boonies in Alberta or anywhere, Ontario, even if you're a rancher and, and you live in the boonies and what's say a pack of coyotes or wolves start circling around looking, looking to pick off a cow or two, or, or one of your horses, especially horses being as, as damn expensive as they are. Um, but you can't really dispatch a, a pack of any predatory animal with a, a bolt-action rifle. If, if you've got to take out two or three moving targets uh, in quick succession, you have to protect your, your herd, your, your livelihood, or yourself. Um... Also with like bear, it, yes, you can probably get a couple shots off with a bolt action quick enough, but when you're in the heat of it, and I think people don't understand, if you're not a hunter, bears typically take a bit to go down. And I don't even, you can get a, a single clean hit on a bear and they have so much adrenaline in their system and, and, and their muscle mass is so much that they can actually power through the act of dying and if, if you can't get, if you're too close, you're done. And if you can't defend yourself quick enough, it's a problem. Um, and it's not one any hunter would take lightly. Uh, it makes you question your shots. It's, it's not something you want to do. You don't want to take a bear too close um, because they can close a gap in a hell of a hurry. Uh, and trust me, when they're dying, they're not happy, um, especially if, if you didn't put them down quick enough or clean enough, uh, heaven forbid you, you merely just wound them and piss them off. Uh, in that situation, yeah, a semi-automatic is exactly what you need. Uh, speaking further to sustenance hunting, uh, the SKS, uh, not, it doesn't fit that category of prohibited weapon, but on top of their definition change that sweepingly blankets guns, they've also changed They've also outlawed several guns just by name, not by mechanism of action, not by any, any discernible reason other than name. One of them being the SKS, a cousin to the AK-47. They share the same bullets, um, and you can modify the SKS to, to take an AK-47 magazine. That modification, you're still pinned to five. There's no modification you can legally do to take more than five bullets. But standard configuration, it has a internal magazine, which explicitly is, is still legal under their updated definition. Um, in Canada, they're all pinned to five rounds, five round internal magazine. Um, but they, they don't like it, so they've, they've listed it specifically, as well as 400 other guns that don't fit the 
specific prescri- prescribed definition. Uh, so they're also just outlawed. Um, there was there was a definition change to uh, 10,000 joules of energy, uh, a specific set of energy. Uh, when it comes to stuff like that, you're talking a lot more African-style cartridges, uh, elephant guns, uh, stuff that is meant for quite larger game. Uh, I It's not a fight that needs to be fought in Canada. There's, like, you can take down a caribou with legal f- jeweled cartridges. Uh, you don't need over 10,000 to drop a caribou and or a moose. Uh, and that's really as big as you're going to get in Canada. So, I mean, it's semantics. I don't like to see them encroaching anywhere on our sport, but nonetheless, it's not really a fight anyone needs to have. Uh, it makes a large amount of no difference. But you're seeing, because of that that power rating, uh, a bunch of actual bolt guns, single-shot hunting guns, are being outlawed, not because they meet the energy threshold, but they can be chambered in that threshold. So uh, the Weatherby is one bolt-action gun that is outlawed, or soon to be outlawed, and it doesn't matter what bullet your gun is set up to fire. If you can buy the barrel and the parts to make it accept this um, African cartridge, um, then you have an illegal gun, even if it's not in a illegal configuration. It's insane. What they're doing is absolutely insane. It's going to help nobody. And with a sweep of a pen, you're creating criminals where criminals didn't exist. If you possess these guns, you're going to be a criminal if you don't turn them in. It's, it's (laughs) peak insanity to me. I, 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 (laughs) I can't even think of why he's doing this. The, the, simplest attempt at a guess would be he's looking for a political distraction. Uh, whenever anything goes wrong in his domain, you're looking at the public emergency inquiry right now. You're looking at inflation and, and all the, the eggs coming home to roost, but quick, let's throw guns into the media and everyone focuses on this and it becomes the latest distraction. Maybe that's the reason I, I think truly it's worse I don't like when governments come for guns. It's generally a a harbinger of problems. Uh, I'm not going to speak too hyperbolically because I don't want to get myself into the weeds on this. But uh, unironically enough, this past weekend uh, for Thanksgiving, Joe Biden in the States was actually talking about banning semi-automatic weapons. Now, in the States, that kind of grab is not going to go the same way as it will here. But I do find it very, very, very suspicious that you have, seemingly out of nowhere, two, the, the, the only two Western leaders um, with, with any real pull, that uh, they're now both talking about banning semi-automatic weapons. Wow, that's weird. That's really weird. You guys got your timing just perfect on that. You guys came up with that idea all on your own? Just, just separately? No coordination at all? That's weird. And again, it will not go the same way in the States as it will in Canada. I think Canada will fight as much as we quote-unquote legally can, uh, at which point the system is not going to favor us. The system is not here to help legal gun owners or legal citizens at all. Um, So I, I have no faith that we will find a bureaucratic or political solution. I think we're just dealing with the the process. 
Whereas in the States, uh, they have a constitution that distinctly protects their right to bear arms. Um, but moreover than just that, if they tried to change the constitution, it doesn't matter. There are entire states in the states that would Boston Tea Party the shit out of that government if they actually came for their guns. Uh, largely, you'd have very deep red states that would just say, no, we're not doing this, you're not enforcing it, get out of here. Um, so, I don't know, it's weird. We'll have to watch how it goes. Um, but the fact Trudeau is coming for legal hunters, sport shooters, paper target hunters. I don't care what you shoot. As long as it's not a human being, you're good by me. Uh, I was actually just shooting paper today. Uh, love it. Uh, and again, a bunch of the stuff on this list uh, impacts me. Uh, and I have to deal with what, what the outcome is. Uh, in fact, I just, I talked on this podcast about getting an SKS and one of my listeners actually sent me a link to get to that. They had stock at the time. It was very hard to get. Um, so I just bought one. I stocked up on a ton of ammo and I'm, I've been having a ball. It's super annoying to have to clean it every time, but, uh, nonetheless, I've been having a ball. It's been great, but, uh, yeah, uh, they're coming for, a handful of 22 caliber rim fires, which again, I was having the, the conversation with somebody the other day. If you've got a 22, if you don't shoot just context, a 22 caliber rifle, it's about ethical enough to shoot a raccoon. You could dispatch a coyote unethically with a, with a 22. After that, your chances of take, like you, you won't, um, Outside of being point blank, you're not you're not going to hurt pretty much any large animal um, in a in a lethal way. But they're coming after twenty twos as well. They've looped a bunch in that that look scary. Uh, one one notable exception is is the Ruger ten twenty two, which again, if you're not into guns, it's fine. But uh, the Ruger ten twenty two is is like everyone's grandpa's gun. Uh, it's, everyone starts out as a kid shooting a 22 and it's usually either a Cooey or a Ruger 10 22. Um, they're coming for that too, because one variant is a tactical one and it looks scary. Um, so they're coming for that too. It's, it's crazy how wide this, this ban is and we don't know how they're going to operate it. We don't know if there's going to be buybacks. We don't know if it's just going to be mass confiscations. Uh, and we also don't know about enforcement. Are they going to be knocking doors down? Now, shifting from politics to politics, uh, Justin Trudeau testified at the Emergencies Act inquiry. Uh, I got to say, I will give the devil his due, and the devil he is. But uh, nonetheless, I'll give the devil his due. He sat there for five and a half hours and largely didn't step in it, uh, which, I mean, to anyone's credit, that's a pretty successful time when half of the room is out to get you, uh, for you to not make yourself look more like an ass. That's not true. He did step in minorly once when he talked about uh, how he doesn't support protests that are politically motivated for political change. And then he literally realized how stupid he, he sounded and then backtracked and said, well, I support political action protesting if it's for something like uh, moving 
the East Bank or supporting Palestine. Da, da, da. He just if he basically came out and said the quiet part out loud. If I agree with it, I'll support it. If not, it's it's the War Measures Act. Um, but but largely enough, he did not step in it uh, and make it any worse than it already is. He didn't need to make it worse. It's already bad. Um, but I, I was kind of hoping he would step in it. Uh, but I know enough about him, uh, to know that he can keep the bullshit going. I mean, he's done it for seven years in leadership now, decades before that. Um, so I don't, I don't underestimate the man at all, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they've been grilling him and with that, the, the interview portion of the emergencies inquiry is done. Uh, they will not be doing more public hearings. Now they will be doing private. Uh, they're going to ruminate on what they've learned and, and come to the conclusions that they need to come to and then offer the advice that they need to offer. Uh, and as somebody who's followed a fair bit of the inquiry, and I, I do have a good sense of what was presented and the cases that were made, uh, largely speaking, it was it was a giant cover-my-ass uh inquiry <laughs> you had a lot of interested parties looking to absolve themselves of the bullshit uh ottawa police ottawa council uh ontario police ontario government um border services alberta government uh rcmp CSIS, all of these multifaceted organizations are looking to absolve themselves of responsibility because that's what this is. It's effectively a fact-finding witch hunt. They want to find out what went wrong, what went right, and who could have done more to prevent it from getting here. Uh, and we can all look at that situation and say everyone kind of dropped a ball. Everyone, including our side. Um, but people drop balls all over the place. And the biggest ball was, was obviously the emergency powers act. Um, allowing that to go through was a travesty. And I think, I think anyone who's able to objectively look at the scenario, you don't even have to be pro convoy. Um, anyone that can remove their bias and look at it kind of neutrally. Yeah. They, w they went over a line. Uh, we can deb debate what line, where it was, how far over they went, but nonetheless, they acted with too much power. Uh, they, they granted themselves too much authority and they did not follow process to do that. Um, they, they broke regulation to, to meet the ends they were after. That being said, I, I don't think you're going to find a quote unquote guilty verdict. This inquiry is not a court thing. It's not prescribing guilt. It's not prescribing sentencing or punishment. It is a fact finding mission and they will prescribe advice beyond it. Uh, so like I said before, I fully expect the advice to be bullshit. I fully expect them to say, we need to change the emergency laws so that it's easier to invoke because it was so hard to meet the threshold that, that they couldn't justify it. Uh, they did it anyway because they had to save the, the community. But uh, we, our advice is to, to make the act easier to access. Uh, and other than that, I think that's it. I think, I think they propose loosening of laws and, and allowing harsher reactions if this happens again. Uh, I am pretty damn confident on that prediction too. 
I don't, I don't see this going as a win. Uh, and truthfully, as we'll get to the next portion, the people on the other side of this don't give a shit. Uh, you could literally have Justin Trudeau come out tomorrow and say, yeah, I'm an authoritarian. Uh, fuck you guys. I don't give a shit. I want your bank accounts frozen. And honestly, his side of the aisle at this point, the voting public, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't bat an eye. I, I have, we'll just shift into that because that's really all the, the Emergencies Measures Act has to do today. Um, but I had the, the misfortune. Uh, it's almost a bit of a, a eulogy in a sense. Uh, I had dinner with my parents the last week. And my parents, for context, well into their 80s, uh, strong Christian conservative people growing up. Uh, as they've gotten older, they've become shut in and they watch news as much as they can. CNN or The View is on at all times in the background and, and they religiously sit down and watch the six o'clock news. So much so that I was actually kicked out after dinner because the news was about to come on. Um, and it, it I, say, I say eulogy because it really went that badly. Uh, we went and we talked and it was just family stuff, just a small talk. I don't need to make every conversation political. Um, but nonetheless, my parents felt the need to bring it in. Uh, and I'm, I don't bite my tongue. They know where I stand on everything up until this point. Uh, they brought up Elon Musk and I, I immediately was like, Oh no, this is, this is going to go badly. Um, and I'm like, I really don't know. I don't know if I like the guy. I have a little bit of reservations, but I also think some of the stuff he's doing is, is admirable. I think everyone should have a voice on Twitter. If you're going to, if you're going to platform Ayatollah and, and terrorists and ISIS, if you're going to platform these people, I, I think, yeah, Trump has a, a, a claim to be allowed to speak. And instantly they saw red and, uh, just went down this rabbit hole and they're screaming George Floyd and racist and, insurrection and literally every talking point you can pull out of Rachel Maddow's dumb ass mouth. And I just thought, I'm like, Jesus, you guys really believe this whole hog. And they're like, Biden's great. He's trying to pass money for Ukraine. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I salvage this? And, uh, I literally just tried to find middle ground. I said, look, I don't, and I, I stand by it. It's, it's an opinion I've said on this, this show. And uh, I don't think Donald Trump is anyone's savior. I don't even think he's somebody people should morally look up to. But I do think he was absolutely necessary for the job he served. I don't think he should run again. I think he was the bull in the china shop that the Republican Party needed. I think he broke a lot of things, and I think he lit the spirit that needed to be lit. But I think somebody with more tact and, and more youth should uh, come in and put the pieces back together. So I told them that. And, and trying to just find middle ground. Uh, like, Trump is not this, this Nazi, Hitler, racist. And they're like, what's he ever done? And I'm like, well, for the first time in my 30-plus my year life, uh, he didn't start a war. And as soon as he left, we fucked a whole bunch of more wars up. So, I mean, can we get, can we agree? And it's just like, and, and I, as I was having this conversation, it, it was one-sided as all get out. And I'm not going to sit there and scream at 80 year olds, but, um, 
nonetheless trying to just ground people and, and be like, okay, well, the news isn't what you grew up with. Uh, the news is extremely biased today, and I don't, I don't need to call it fake news. Like, I'm not going to play into your anti-Trump crap. I'm just telling you, like, the news is telling you half of the story anymore. I'm not even saying it's a false half. They're only telling you half. Much like we saw last episode where with Ukraine and Poland, there, yes, a bomb landed in Poland. That half of the story is correct. The other half, they, they did not circulate. There was no correction. Was, no, oh, but it was shot by Ukraine. So it's like, you don't have to, I'm not attacking you. I'm not calling you stupid for believing something that was wrong. But you have to understand that the media is not giving you a fair representation. And that knife cuts both ways. Fox News or any news on the right also doesn't give you a fair representation. I would argue it's closer to fair. But nonetheless, it does not give you a fair representation. So I'm sitting there literally spinning my tires um, with this, trying just to balance the conversation. And it's getting more and more heated. You've got this pissed off. And it's like, it's like liberal red foreman. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you're, you're literally hyper opinionated, grumpy old bastard stuck in your ways for Joe Biden? You are like the antithesis of asshole grandpa. You're like, what is going on here? And I, they're going on about George Floyd. I'm like, you mean the guy that was drugged out of his mind, had more than a lethal amount of fentanyl in his system at the same time? I'm not condoning what that officer did. I think there's a whole way you could have handled that differently. Whatever. I'm not here to relitigate that. But the fact is, this person isn't a messiah. It's an, he's not a martyr. He's not somebody people should be putting on a pedestal. Like the guy, I'm not saying he deserved to die. Um, I don't, but I also, I'm not saying that anything to do with that situation shows me that it was explicitly racist. I, I, I saw no slurs. I saw no hate speech. I saw nothing. It's racist because the media said a white man did something to a black man and the black man is dead. It's racist. I'm sorry, that's not the threshold you need to meet. I am open to hearing that it might be racist. You need to back that claim up, though. You got to come with with more than that. Um, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like, you guys are the only person people I've ever hear drop the n bomb in an actual hurtful way. Like, I grew up and like you guys were the racists, and everyone kind of just was like, okay, well they're just old. That's how it was shitty to be them but like oh they're just old like but now it's like they've i don't know what it is but like and there's no getting through to them and then i realized like as i'm sitting there getting chastised for being ultra right wing apparently i'm like you guys literally represent all of the like npc left and don't get me wrong like i can if you have views that are, are directly opposed to mine, that's fine as long as they're borne out and you can have middle ground conversation. Like, I am fairly far right wing. However, there are some topics and some conversations where there's middle ground to be had. I don't think a strictly capitalist healthcare system is the solution. I think a hybrid 
probably is the best. If you look at the UK, you look at even even the states. Uh, mind you, they're they're corrupted by the fact that everything costs so much because it's corporatized. But if you look at the the quote unquote socialized healthcare systems in Europe and in the Scandinavian countries, they're all hybrid. We're like the only country that does socialized medicine where medicine like hybridization or private option is strictly illegal. We're like the only place that's like that. Um, but again, I can sit there and have a conversation with a full on socialist and be like, yeah, we probably share some opinions on that. Uh, I, I, yeah, there's middle ground to be had. Whereas the NPC left and this, you can cut it either way. It doesn't really matter left, right. But the, the, the people that are just regurgitating what they're being told without actually stopping, consuming it, chewing on it, breaking it down, saying, how do I feel about this? No, they're just regurgitating what they're told the opinion is. And I realized there's no getting back from that. There is no saving that. I, I think it's too far gone. And, and as I'm sitting there, allowing them to kind of just berate me and yell their opinion at me. I, I thought of the Jordan Peterson quote, which is a quote from the Bible, uh, where he says, don't cast pearls before swine. Uh, and he explains, don't waste your breath talking to people that won't hear you uh, or can't appreciate what you're saying. And I, I realize that's, that's where we're at with my, my parents. And it's a tragedy. It sucks that we're now going to forever be limited to the smallest of small talk. And lest anything political pop up, I have to stop it before it turns into an argument because that's where it will go. And I realized it's, it's not just them. They're not unique. They're not special. It's, it's all of society that operates in this NPC bubble. Uh, again, I'm, I'm leaving space for 10% that, that actually have their own opinions that just happen to be left. Um, and can argue it and, and can have a discussion and can acknowledge when something is, is accurate. That's not in their best interest. Like Trump didn't start a war. That's it's not, it's not an opinion. That's just straight fact. He didn't invade countries. Like he didn't start a war. Uh, he signed more middle Eastern peace agreements than anyone else in my lifetime. Uh, he kept Russia and North Korea in check and don't get me wrong. That wasn't like by skill. It was because Nobody knew what the hell he would do. And that's not necessarily good, but the outcome was fine. Nobody did it. They were all afraid what Orange Man would do. You got the outcome. You didn't start anything. There was no nuclear holocaust. Meanwhile, now you've got Biden in, who doesn't know where he is or, or where his ice cream truck parked. And now we're talking nuclear holocaust. We're talking, oh, we should, like, mainstream media the other day was talking about actively doing precision nuclear strikes. Like, I just can't. I can't understand this world. Um, and we, yeah, and we got to talking about MADE, too, how Justin Trudeau keeps pushing MADE. They're like, yeah, well, we had a friend that took the needle. I'm, I'm thinking vaccine. And they're like, no, no, like, they killed themselves in the hospital. And I'm like, well, why? Well, apparently their, their family has dementia running in, in the family. And this woman was in her late seventies, early eighties, didn't have dementia, didn't have it at all. Uh, but was afraid she'd might get it. So she killed herself legally. And I shouldn't laugh at that, but I mean, this is her choice. I think it was a terrible choice. Um, and I think it's a tragic 
situation that our our system allows that as a choice, especially when there's technically nothing wrong with you. And I said, I explained to them, I'm like, yeah, we'll come March. The bill is set to the sunshine clause goes down and, and they are going to allow mental illness as a reason to kill yourself. And in that bill, they've also allowed termination of life up to one year old. Um, we're allowing post-birth abortions if we decide you're sick enough. Uh, and I mean, I'm sorry, but who gets to decide that? Uh, and we've you've seen miracles happen before. Who who decide, who gets to decide that you know, we're not going to give you that chance? Uh, and I get it. You're using the emotional card. You don't want to see a child suffer. And I don't. I want. I I don't. I don't wish that on anyone. And I don't wish that for a parent to have to go through that. But in that situation, no parent is of sound mind to make that call. You're going to allow a parent to make that call and then they're going to have to live with that the rest of their life. And just like today's abortion laws in Canada, you allow people to make life-impacting choices and you leave them. You leave them to their own devices. Uh, mothers today go in for an abortion and there's no aftercare. There's no counseling. There's no follow-up. And, and that is a tragedy. It's not just pro... Like, everyone criticizes pro-life because they're not holistic enough. They don't support adoption. They don't support this, that, the other. And it's like, talk to anyone individually. I understand from a policy standpoint, nobody ever comes at the same time, but the problem, and, and that's a problem, but talk to any individual pro-life person and they'll tell you the same thing. We need to, we need to build systems to support people holistically. And, and our system today where you think it's helping you, yeah, you get the option to, to, to kill your child. Uh, to terminate your pregnancy, however you want to justify it to make yourself feel a little better, you, uh, you get to. Make yourself feel better. Um, morally, it doesn't change it. But nonetheless, if, you, if you're living in a society that allows a mother to terminate a pregnancy, you also need to supply or have access to counseling. That's not an easy thing. Uh, and, and now you're talking about allowing people to make life or death decisions to, to end their child's life. And you're going to just let that, that weigh on them. You're going to let them, and yeah, maybe some make peace with it. Maybe some are, decide, yeah, I ended my child's suffering. It was, it's a horrific mercy, and it was the last thing I could possibly provide my child, the amount of comfort. And I get it. I totally understand the emotional argument. But you have to understand from a policy perspective, not everyone's going to land on that side of that. Not everyone's going to justify it and understand that, okay, well, this was a net benefit. It, it's a horrible choice. It shouldn't be a choice because, because more, I would say more than half, you follow that, that statistic, you follow those parents of, of children in those cases and tell me what the suicide rates after five years. Uh, it's again, it's a tragedy on every side of it. We shouldn't compound it. We shouldn't be allowing people to, to defer the, the suffering and pain to other people temporarily because the system we're setting up will allow a, a parent to kill their young child, already sick, that's a tragedy. But you're going to allow them to kill their child. And then, in five years, when they're guilt-ridden and depressed, you'll offer them the ability to kill themselves, too. Our society is so fucking sick. It, it hurts my soul. It hurts my heart to see... What is becoming of this country? And I don't just say it because they're coming for my guns. It's, it's a, that's its own fight. It's its own aggravation. But if you look at the soul of our society right now, 
and, and the siloing, the inability to meet people where they are, it is disgusting and it hurts. And I don't have, I, that's the thing. That's the part that just got me bent over. I, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer to reach these people who can't be reached. I don't have an answer to find middle ground with a liberal voter who has no idea what, what guns or spooting, shooting sports are like. Uh, I have put an offer out to a few liberals. Come with me to the range. I want to share this with you. I want to show you what this is like. It doesn't have to be your thing, but I want you to have a better understanding of it. Come shoot with me. It's in a legal setting, totally safe. We're not doing anything wrong. I just want you to understand. And it might not be something you like, but it's something I like. I don't want to take your kombucha away from you. I don't want to regulate away your organic, GMO-free, vegan cafe. I don't want to take the things you like away from you for political points. I don't care. I want to be left alone, and I want to leave you alone, and I want to coexist where we can. And it's just like, that is a radical perspective at this point. I am radical for wanting to coexist with society, even if I don't agree with you. That's the thing. This, this cancel culture has, has dribbled so far down that like people don't even catch that it's cancel culture. Like Trudeau is effectively trying to cancel guns, uh, because his base seemed to support it. Uh, we're, we're canceling people over political views. Like I, I don't even know how Christmas is going to go. Um, after the fallout of that conversation, it's nuts. I thought, I thought, you know what? We made it through the vaccine shit. We'd be done. We'd be good. My parents got COVID and as soon as they got COVID, they stopped being insane about it. And, and I had a conversation. I'm like, Hey, you guys justified some horrible shit. You guys tried to cut me out. You tried to not visit. You made us visit outside in the thick of January after we'd already tested um, I'm like, you guys did some terrible stuff and you supported society doing even worse stuff. Um, my parents were shocked when they're like, Oh, like, how's your cousin? I'm like, I don't know. I don't talk to them. They wished I died. They literally told me I deserve to die. And the looks on their faces, they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, so did like everyone you get news from. Like you're shocked that people wished harm on me because of my choices. Welcome to my world. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I thought, I thought we were through it, but it doesn't look like we are. And it, I do feel it's fairly representative of, of a larger problem. I, and I don't, I don't have the answers. I, I like having answers. I like offering hope, but I, I don't see how you get balance. And, and I think this pendulum is going to keep getting crazy. And, uh, we're kind of along for the ride at the end. I mean, like, Technically speaking, when shit gets hard, people on my side of the line are probably going to be a little better off. I can somewhat provide for myself. I can, I can build. I can do what I need to do. Um, but I mean, being a social media manager or part-time barista isn't, isn't equipping you with the skill set you're going to need to thrive in a, in a situation that's less than ideal. So I don't know. I don't know. Tough times are here. Tough times are coming. It's, I don't have answers. I have problems. I don't have answers. Uh, right now the answer is SKS. <laughs> Buy them while you can <laughs> and choose what you do with it. Um, it's not a financial investment at this point, but 
you choose what you do with it. I know, I know a few of my friends had boating accidents. So, uh, unfortunately they lost some of their possessions in those boating accidents, never to be seen again. But on that note, I am going to have a glorious week. I'm going to make the best of it. Uh, we're going to kind of tune out because nothing's going to develop. Uh, nothing's going to change on the gun front for a little bit. It's got to go through Senate, which is liberal, liberal owned. Uh, it's, it's, there's no real roadblocks stopping this. It's just a time process and they're probably going to play the clock out. Um, so yeah, just going to check out from politics next week, hopefully, and, uh, keep my nose down. I, uh, whatever you guys doing to cope and <laughs> to get through, I, I hope it works for you. If it does work, let me know. Send me an email. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram. As always, guys, uh, if you like the episode, my, uh, unhinged rants about family and Trudeau, uh, pay it forward, pay the fee, uh, pass it on to somebody else. Uh, I think we're trying to get back into the groove of this. We'll see if I keep it up, if I stay motivated, um, or if I stay full up with anger of the, the weekly events. Um, but until then, stay, stay as free as you're allowed to, I guess, uh, and take care of each other. Fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.